Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Strahda Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Oh, I may get the lawnmower out for sure. It's growing. Oh, is it growing after the last week? The grass, front and back. I can just see it. It's given a jump in the last seven days. Isn't it amazing after the real cold weather we had? But uh, I think I will hold off to next week, the first week in March. God bless the weather. God bless the day. Isn't it good to be alive? Welcome to Late Lunch, the start of a brand new week. It's a lovely day out there. Get out and enjoy it and take the air into your lungs. Stay within 5k, but get out if you can at all today if you're able to. I say that because it's going to change this evening. We're in for a couple of divils of days the next couple with rain, but it'll get better after that again. So uh, later in the week, it will return to the nice weather. Welcome to the show. As I said, hope you had a lovely weekend. First of all, may I say so many thank yous to everybody who's been supporting me in my 40 days and nights for Slav. You know the story, Slav Vavro, he's 16. Three years ago, he joined me here in late lunch. He got a cancer diagnosis. He's been abroad twice for pioneering treatment. It's cost a lot of money. He had a procedure recently here at home in Temple Street and he was back there late last week and I saw his mother, mother Nadia, giving us the latest update. He has more chemotherapy to have. But I'm doing this for Slav for these 40 days and nights. I'm walking at least 40 minutes every day and I've uh, given the old hooch the elbow as well for the Lenten season. And again, thank you to everybody who's gone in and supported Slav. You can, and no pressure on anybody, if you can at all, it would be great. GoFundMe.com, Oxygen for Slav. That's where all the information is there. Thank everybody who's contributed so far. And I want to say something to quite a number of people who contacted me privately and uh, publicly as well to say they want to come walking with me. And I do appreciate the offers. I really do. And if it were normal times, I'd take you up on that offer. But I just can't. We can't, with the restrictions at the moment, uh, walk together. But we will walk together in the future. I promise you all. We will indeed. But uh, I'm doing me uh, best every day. I've definitely got the 40 in, more than 40 over the weekend. Some fantastic walks. And I will continue for these 40 days and nights for Slavin. Thank you so much again for all your kindness and generosity. I hope you won't get bored with me mentioning it. But when you think of this young lad... 13 diagnosed, three years on now at this stage, 
40 days, 40 nights is a small thing to do, isn't it? To keep him in focus and his family and everything. Uh, and again, thanks a million for all your support. On today's show, a little bit later, we're going to Australia, yes. The Waters family, North Loud, Cooley Kickhams, you know them well, I'm sure there's a big clan of them up there. Cormac Waters is in Perth and he's speaking to us today on the show. He met a local while he was out there. We have a great wee story on that one for you. Um, Miriam Simon is with us, the retail and consumer strategist at this time. What do you do if you're in business to keep, uh, you know, the business going at this time? She's brilliant. She's with us a little later on in the show. Have you fussy eaters? Do you find it difficult to feed your children? Kira Atwell, she's the UK's number one food blogger. She's the founder of My Fussy Eater and she's with me on the show as well today. If you want to get in touch with us, don't forget 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to late lunch directly to the studio here or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Now, it's a big day for a young lady who's going to have a chat with me now because there's a story behind the release of our debut single. It's called Shine a Light and it delivers a very important message. I'm delighted to say hello to Kelly McArdle. Kelly, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Gary? I'm really great. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, congratulations on your debut single because this was sort of an inevitable thing to happen for you with all the places you've been, all the stages you've graced over the years. It really is. And can I tell you something? I love the song. Oh, thank you so much. It really <laughs> like is. It's a nerve-wracking day for me. I'm full of excitement and nerves all at the same time. So I'm sure you are. But look, it's, yeah. a, it's a milestone. It is in your life is, and, uh, and your career. It, it, it really is. Look, the song, as I said, it delivers a very important message. Would you just give our listeners the background to it, please? Um, yeah, so it's a little bit of a heartfelt story for me everything in the song if you listen to it it it, it tells my story um so in in april 2019 i went through a horrendous experience and um i turned to the rape crisis center for help and yeah i think if you listen to the song it kind of tells you an awful lot more and um just how much it means to kind of be seen by the rape crisis center and how they are and they're they never once question your integrity, you know, they're they're there to make sure that you're okay and especially with dealing with hard things, you know, that kind of a way. So uh yeah, have a listen and Yes. I've listened, I've listened intently a couple of times uh late last week and again today and there is a, a real message in the song. Look at without going into the nitty gritty and I don't want to do that, uh, you were a victim of sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um yeah, <laughs> I was back in back in um, April. Yeah, 2019, 2019 as you yeah. said to us. Just in yeah. general, did you know this person? Did they know you, or was it something that happened randomly? Um, I knew him, um, not personally, but um, I I knew of him. You know, yes. And, um, that's as far as I can kind of Yeah, I understand. Yes, you knew of him. He wasn't in your direct yeah. circle of friends or whatever. And yeah. uh, it, it, it ha- out of the blue, this happened yeah. t- completely. You weren't in a relationship or friends or anything like that with this person. No, Not no. at all. Nothing. No, 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 no. Nothing no, no. at all. And, you know, when it happened, like, it's horrendous that this should happen to anybody, anybody at all. When it happened, did you just? I'm interested to find out. Did did you talk to anybody immediately about it? Did you go to the rape crisis centre immediately? What did you do? 
Well, I kind of shut up for about two months afterwards and kind of started shutting off. People kind of started noticing that there was a change in me. And like I was talking about moving to Germany of all places and everything, you know, and um, uh, a family member caught this and she kind of turned around to me and went, okay, Kelly, what happened? There's something different about you and I don't know what it is and you're going to have to open up kind of thing. So I broke down crying as you do. And um, they mentioned about the Rape Crisis Centre and I never heard of that before. I never knew what it was. I never knew what they did. I never, I don't know whether it was a day I wasn't in school that it was said or something like that, you know, but... um. I had never heard of it, so I gave them a ring and they put me on a waiting list and they called me every Monday to check in to see if I was all right and some days I was coping, others I definitely wasn't. Um, But the days that I definitely wasn't, they kind of moved me on to an emergency list and because of the backlog in the emergency list, I was waiting 13 weeks before I met with my counsellor. But that that just kind of goes to show how many women and men yes. this has affected in the country. Like, I've got friends who were waiting for six months. It's an awful it. long time, isn't it? It's an awful yeah, long time. And, and the mental state that you end up in when you're waiting, you know, like, you kind of go, I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting to see someone. Is it going to be worth it? Am I going to see them? Uh, like, they've got a help. They've got a 24-hour helpline. The Dublin Rape Crisis Centre. It's a national helpline. Um, if you don't mind me calling it out, it's one eight hundred. Go on ahead there. Go on. Yep. It's one eight hundred seventy seven eighty eight eighty eight, and uh, they're open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, there's absolutely no judgment with them. There's no questioning. They're just literally there to listen. Like I would have rang in the middle of the night, you know, when your thoughts are eating you alive, and um, you can sit there crying you can sit there talking and screaming and giving out or whatever you want to do like they're just there to listen they just care about what what you're going through what you need from them you know and um yeah if if it's affecting anyone that's listening that's that number one eight hundred Seventy-seven, eighty-eight, eighty-eight. It's Don't a very, be afraid to call them. Yeah, it's a very important number, and I will will, will mention it again. So, between yeah. the waiting period you had and from the time the incident happened, it was a while actually before you got face to face in front of uh, a counsellor to talk to them. Yeah, yeah, it was thirteen weeks, like I said there a minute ago. Okay, um, it was the September because I waited about two months before it even I even said it to anyone. Yes. And then again, I ended up with it, it like, that's September from April, you know, that kind of way. So yes, it was, it's a long stint. It's a long stint to carry this with you. Stint. And just to come back to something you said, you were actually going to move away from your home, the people and the place you love, to another country and keep this within yourself and not say a word about it. Yeah, that was the thought process, you know, because just fear takes over, shame takes over, you can't you can't function properly, you know. It's it's not something that I can actually say you could understand unless you've been through it or you have seen someone go through it. You know, it's a mental it's mm. a mental state you end up in. Yes. 
But when when you when you did make that call, I'm sure, as you said there, and I hear from the way you describe it, that line is open 24 hours a day, and no matter how you were feeling, you could pick up the phone and call, and there was somebody on the end that you could trust that would listen to you and help you, and then it moves on from there when you have a consultation. Did that, you know, was that just something that began the healing? I, I, I don't know whether you ever heal from this, but began the process. Well, to be honest, for me... I watched a series on Netflix called Unbelievable. And I sat one Thursday. I I didn't work on a Thursday. So I sat one Thursday and spent about eight hours watching the whole series back to back. And it was just knowing that someone else has been through the same thing as you have. It was was like a healing in itself, knowing you're not alone. And when the lockdown came then in March 2020, I was finally able to write again. It was got my creative juices flowing it was like oh I can heal again I can write out my feelings I can I can put it into a song and that's what I did and that's what Shine the Light is and that's what I'm here for you know Yeah so between The Rape Crisis Centre and Unbelievable on Netflix both huge assists to you to enable you to get going again with your creativity and your life can I ask you just one thing and this is this will be the the end of this aspect of it the person who committed this have they been brought to boot for what they did? Have they been charged? Um, that's not really for me to say. Okay. But um, I kind of decided to look after myself first. Okay. You know, um, like like many women do, it's mm. a lot of things go reported, a lot of things don't go reported. And uh, for me to look after myself, I... I really just tried to heal from it, you know. Yes, and I I understand you are priority and and you are the victim here. But I would say to anybody listening as well today, you really should report, you know what I mean? You should report sexual assault, rape, anything in that sphere should be reported to the authorities. I just want to say that, you know what I mean? From from my... you know, from my perspective, that's very important to say to say to people as well. Um, yeah, but it's also a case of being scared to do anything like that. Mm. So if you are scared, go and seek the help from yes. the people who know best because they are the people that should you choose to go the legal route, they'll be beside you. They're with you. I, I understand. I understand what, yeah. you're, what you're saying. How, how are you today? How do you know it's a great day and we're going to talk about the song in a minute, but how how are you? I are you are you, you know, I said something to you there. How can I empathize with you? I've never gone through anything like this. Do you get over this or do you just learn to live with it and cope? Uh, I think personally it's a it's a learning curve. You know, like people tend to think that healing is a straight line. It's most definitely not. You got good days, you got bad days. You've got um I've got days where all I can think of is that and I've flashbacks continuously and I can't cope. And then I've got days where I'm fine and I can get on with things and I'm doing good. But I'm, I've am i become very strong because I had to, you know. And mm. the reason I wanted to release this song is because I played it to uh, one of my mum's friends was over... Um, in the break between the lockdowns and uh, she was really upset one day and she opened up to me. People tend to open up to me. It's really funny, but um, she opened up to me and it was that she was through a similar experience to me. And I said to her, I've got a song that I wrote. Can I play it for you? And I played it for her now. 
with listening to this song, it can be kind of triggering or it can be healing. And mm. I was aware that it was going to be one or the other. And she said, Kelly, I feel so much better knowing that you've been through something like this. You've put my thoughts into words. And when I went through it in, in, in 2019, I went looking for a song that could tell me how I felt because you're that muddled with overwhelmed emotions that you don't know how you even feel. You don't know what the right thing to say or do is. It's just an overwhelming bundle of emotion, like I said. And when I finally wrote this song, I was like, oh my God, I, got, I actually have... I actually have something that I can say. This is how I felt. This is how I'm going to heal. I'm okay now. I can start healing now. And if I can get that message across to anybody who's listening to my song, I'm winning, you know? Well, here it is. We're about to play it. Kelly, congratulations. You're a wonderful woman. Here is the song, Shine a Light. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. Shine a light. I'm in the dark. I've lost my pride. Everyone keeps telling me it just takes time. Don't forget, you can join in the conversation on the show at any stage. 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me directly here to the studio or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Ken, I got your message. We'll be in touch a little later on and I'll put you, uh, I'll sort you out on that request. Thanks indeed for getting in touch with me on the show. Just like to remind you that the Drogheda District Chamber would like to invite you to tips and advice for working remotely. My God, it's nearly a year now at this stage. It's happening Friday of this week at 9.15am, presented by Cahill Divoli, CEO of A Great Place to Work. It's an online event and will focus on learning how great workplaces support and manage their people when they're working remotely. You can register at drahadachamber.ie or email irene at drahadachamber.ie for more details. Well, I tell you a little story. I want your opinion on it. I was at the traffic lights on Friday last coming to work and um, I looked at the car in front of me and I just noticed something. Uh, There was a pall of smoke in the car. And when we went down to the next set of lights that was just below it immediately, I was side by side with the car, which actually I was pleased happened. And I looked across and there was a man driving the car smoking away. And there was a child in the front seat of the car beside him. I'd say a child of about 10, 11, 12 years of age, around about that age. And I mean, the car was a pall of smoke and the windows were closed all round in the car. Not a window open. And I just sat there thinking, has that man any concern for the child? For, For the child, number one, I don't care what he's doing to himself, smoking, that's his own business. But for that child that was sitting in the car with him. And I remembered years ago... I remember being in a car years ago. Do you remember being in a pub year, not that long ago, and smoke billowing all around you and going home and your clothes rotten with the smell of it the next morning? But I haven't seen that in years. Somebody smoking in the car with all the windows closed. Was it an exception? Maybe I just happened upon somebody. I'm sure I'm nosy. That's my job. I'm a little bit nosy when I see things. I'd be looking out for stuff. But I, I just thought, I just thought uh, yeah, more curious, I suppose. <laughs> 
<laughs> curious is a better word. You're right, Eamon. But I am. I am curious about things. I, I, I sort of watch a lot of things and, and see if the... But I just spotted that and I wondered, have you an opinion? What do you think? Anyone seen that lately or it's just probably an exception, was it? Or does... Shouldn't be doing that, should they? That person should not be doing that. Open up the bloody windows and let the air in and out if you want to. But everything... And it wasn't It wasn't a bad day. I, I can't say it was because of inclement weather or anything. It wasn't. It really wasn't like that. What do you think? Have you an opinion? Have you seen... Anyone see that lately? Anyone do it? No, you don't do it. You won't tell me if you do it anyway, will you? You know you won't. I'm sure you won't. Anyway, if you have an opinion, the shut up car, all windows shut, man driving, child beside, smoke enclosed within that little environment. Wrong, isn't it? It's wrong. It's totally wrong. If you have anything to say, if you have an opinion, love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Coming up after two on late lunch, you've got, you got to stay with me because if you have fussy eaters of children, you want to hear what Kira Atwell has to say. Getting many messages from you saying, look, uh, I'll just paraphrase them because there's quite a number of people saying the same, that... Uh, it's shocking to hear of any adult in a car smoking with a child and a number of messages saying, uh, Jerry, I, I believe it's illegal for anyone to smoke in a car, especially if there's somebody underage with them. What? Jerry, I was in the retail park in Navin a few weeks ago and a car was parked outside Woody's and drove off and both adults in the front were smoking and small children in the back. I felt so sorry for them and it made me very angry. It was a wet day too, so the windows were fully closed. I felt like taking the reg and reporting reporting them, says David in Navin this afternoon. Smoking in the car, have you anything to say in it? Seems to be the general gist there. I'll have to go and check that out. I just haven't got a minute to do it, but I will. Or if anyone can confirm to me, is it illegal to smoke in a car? Full stop. Is it illegal to smoke in a car with a person below the age of 18? What's the story there? If you can uh, help us with that one, don't forget the numbers. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, please. I see, I uh, just heard in the news there, the new drive test centre open in Drogheda. Well done. Well, I'll tell you, there'll be all great drivers that pass here with all the hills that has to be gone up and down, that's for sure. No excuses. We'll have the best drivers in Ireland. I'd rather do it in Dundalk, to be honest with you. I did my test in Dundalk, and it's lovely and flat. It really is, and it was a... It was a dawdle at the time. Past first time as well. <laughs> well, I just blown my nails here for a second. Anyway, we move on on late lunch this afternoon. My next guest is a mom of two young children who in 2014 launched her blog called My Fussy Eater, which has become one of the go-to food blogs in the UK. A book of the same name followed and now a second called We Are Hungry. It was just published late last week. I'm so delighted to welcome Kira Atwell to Late Lunch. Hello, Kira. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. Thanks for taking our call this afternoon. I'm going to make a bold statement at the start of this chat before we get into this wonderful new book. We, parents, guardians, create the fussy eaters from an early age. Discuss Kira Atwell. No, no, 100% not. <laughs> Tell me, explain. Because the the amount of messages I get, like daily, weekly, from people that have done a fantastic job weaning their baby, and, you know, there's so much information out there now about weaning and baby-led weaning and purees and 100 different foods, and so many people have done all that work. They've put all the work in kind of the first year, the first 18 months, and their child hits the toddler stage and suddenly becomes a fussy eater. So, you you know, you absolutely cannot say in that case that it's the parent's fault. 
It's a very, very common thing for children to go through, and especially at the toddler age, because they're just, they, they, they get this budding sense of independence, don't they, when they're two mm. and a half or three, and they want to, um, it's almost like a sense of control. They want to control a situation, and that's why you have tantrums over food, you have tantrums over clothing, uh, because, you know, they, they don't really have much else in their lives to control. So, you know, it, it tends to be food, uh, clothing, maybe toys, and, you know, sleep as well. You know, you end up with arguments about yes. bed. So definitely not. I don't, you know, I don't think it's fair at all to blame parents. OK, well, you're off the hook, everybody listening today. It's not your fault. Kira Atwell says so. But here now, I'm not making a comparison. I have a lovely dog called Messi. He's a black Labrador. All my listeners know him well. He's actually 10 shortly. A big birthday for him. But, you know, when he gets fussy with his food... I just leave it with him and hunger wins at the end of the day. No matter how long that takes, he'll eat it. Can you do the same with children? Yeah, well, yeah, funny enough, I've got a black lab as well. He's a lot younger. He's only 18 months, but he's going through a fussy stage with his food as well. But And I started Googling because <laughs> I know how to do a fussy kids, but I don't know how to do a fussy dog. <laughs> and yeah, all, all the advice was to take the food away. Like, don't leave it out. Take yeah. it away from them. And actually, it's similar with kids. You know, I think... Um, especially my generation, maybe we were kind of brought up to be, you know, forced to sit at the table and finish our food. But I don't go with that advice really anymore. I think it, it ends up causing too much, like, too much stress and anxiety in the long term. Mm. Like I'm, I'm a big believer in removing any kind of stress or anxiety around food and meal times and kids and in parents as well. Like nobody really wants to be dealing with that. Mm. Um, and I definitely think you know after a certain amount of time, let the kid off from the table and you know like just move on. Yep. Um, take the food away and try another day with that food. You know, you don't even necessarily need to bring it back out later. Give okay. them something else a few hours later. I'm yeah. with you all the way on that de-stressing. <laughs> Absolutely. There's too much pain involved in that. You're so right. Move on and, and let it go. Yeah. But you, just what you say there, Kira. you know, you, you know, you'll see children today. May I take broccoli as an example? Very good vegetable. Yeah. Excellent. Don't overcook it. Have it just right. And some days they love it and other days they leave it. Is that just the way it is? Absolutely. I mean, you've you got to remember with children as well, like their their taste buds are evolving quite rapidly. And something that, you know, as adults, we know what we like and what we don't like. We might be a little bit adventurous, but generally we kind of know our palate. With children don't. And you have to remember that, that they might hate something one week, but a month or two later, their their taste buds will have evolved a bit and they suddenly might enjoy it. So that's why I say, well, never take something completely off the table, completely out of their diet. Like keep offering, like keep offering that broccoli, you know, keep putting it on, on their plate, a little portion, keep having it on the table, let them see you eat it as well. That's all really, really important. So that's the way to proceed. And we're only taking broccoli as an example there. And do check out this blog. It's fantastic. I've been uh, in and out of it myself in recent days. My Fussy Eater, it's called. And of course, this lady's on YouTube and right across social media. But let's talk about the new book. We're hungry. How many parents have heard that and have it yeah. in their ears night, noon and morning since lockdown began? I want to begin yeah. w- with this uh, with this one for you. A lot of people, you know, when work was work and you went out to work and they were minded and everything. It's quite changed now with people being at home and we'll come to that in a moment. But if we get back to a sort of a norm at some stage and parents are out during the week, how do you, you know, deal with that as a mum of two and working as well? Do you batch cook like a lot of people do on one day at the weekend, freeze it and pull it out as you need it? Uh, 
and no. So kind of my approach to batch cooking, is, it's not really the traditional approach. A lot of people would maybe yeah get into the kitchen on a Sunday and spend three or four hours cooking. And to be honest, that's not really me. It's not my style. And, and you know, a, a lot of kind of parents that I've spoken to over the last couple of years have said the same thing. That's just not something they want to do. So what I wanted to do with this, with this book was to kind of redefine batch cooking. So it doesn't have to be, you know, spending hours in the kitchen on a Sunday afternoon prepping for the week. It's just little tips and tricks that you can use to, you know, sometimes make double, but also prep, uh, prep meals ahead. So, for example, I've got a section in there called freezer stash bags. So if you've got a bit of time this evening, while you're making one meal, you can put the ingredients for another meal into a freezer bag freezes and then say next week when you know you've got a really manic week you're not going to have a whole lot of time to press you pull that freezer bag out the night before let it defrost and then it goes in the oven in the evening you've you've kind of you've done all the prep you've done all the chopping and the shopping for the ingredients and it's it's little tricks like that that just makes batch cooking a little bit more interesting as well um I've, i've got another section in there called cook once eat twice um and it's all about using up leftovers but rather than, you know, having the same thing again. So I don't think any of us really actually like eating the same meal two two days in a row. It's nice to have something different. So what I do in that chapter is take one meal. So, for example, there's a really nice uh, leek risotto recipe in there. You cook extra risotto, and then the next day you take that cold risotto and you roll it in some eggs, some breadcrumbs, and you've got delicious arancini. You know, those like Italian... Oh, I love them. I love them. Yes. Yeah. So you just, you're you're kind of using the leftovers, but you're turning it into something else. So, and especially when it comes to kids, you know, it's really important having variety in their diet. So they're not eating the exact same thing the next day. It's something a little bit different, and it just makes your it makes your meals a little bit more exciting as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's a mix and match rather than being regimental. And we're doing the next seven days today, bang and firing it all in. Because going along day by day, you know, in, in the current climate, I'm sure you see it yourself. I know you're from Kilkenny originally, and you're based in the yeah. UK now. Um, with the change and and parents being at home and managing everything, school and you know their own work and and the the home and 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 food being an integral part of that. There's more of a chance. I know we're asked to cut down on our shopping, but people would buy good and fresh ingredients at the weekend and have them for the week. There is a, a better chance to be ad hoc and go along day by day. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, people ask me about meal planning a lot, and I'll, I'll be really honest, I don't meal plan for more than maybe two or three days ahead because I do find that, you know, things just change, plans change. And even in, you know, in lockdown, when we're all at home, Plans still change. You know, you, your work might run over. You just might have a really difficult day with the kids. Mm. And think, but I don't really want to go into the kitchen to make that. I want to sit down with them, maybe spend some time with them, watch some TV. I, I need something a bit easier to cook. Um, and I think we, we need to give ourselves that flexibility, you know, because I think if you plan out seven days ahead and you feel like a bit of a failure when you've not, you know, managed to cook everything. So, yeah, I think it's all about just maybe even just planning a day ahead you know, give yourself a break. There's so much going on right now. Mm. And I definitely just think, just remove that pressure and just make the kind of meal times just flow a little bit easier. Yes.
I've mentioned it before here. When I was growing up, we knew Kira every day of the week what my mum would cook. You know, I'm from a different era, a bygone era. But that was the thing. Monday to Sunday, we knew, you know, every day. And it just went from one week into the other. And, you know, there was variety because there was no thing the same every two days. And you got used to it. And it was yeah. lovely, nutritious, healthy food. Ha- has that sort of regime gone out the window? I think it, it, it just depends. I think, you know, now in 2021 as well, there's just so much choice of variety. Like, yes. I can compare it to, like, you know, when I was growing up in Ireland in, like, 80s and 90s. Like, we ate really well, all home-cooked food, but there still wasn't, you know, the, the kind of variety of food from around the world that we're able to get our hands on now. Um, so I think, in a way, that can make meal planning and cooking for your family a bit difficult because there's so much out there, you know, and there's so many people making fantastic recipes and chefs on TV. It can be quite overwhelming. So, again, I just always come back to whatever makes your life a bit easier. And, you know, it it does help to kind of almost have a weekly plan and a few things that you make every single week, then absolutely go for it. Or if you want to be a bit more adventurous and make, you know, a different thing every single week, then you do that as well, whatever works for you. Mm. Give us one or two of your brilliant ingredient hacks just for listeners today. We love hacks. Oh, hacks are the way, there's no doubt. Come on, give me one or two that you'd say are your absolute favourites. Okay, so one I actually just put on my Instagram last night. There's a, a recipe in the book for a two-ingredient pizza dough. It's literally just self-raising flour and plain yoghurt. Um, and I made it a couple of weeks ago and I made extra dough and I froze it for another day. But rather than freezing it in a big bowl, you know, traditionally yes. you freeze pizza dough in a big bowl, I showed how I freeze a flat in a freezer bag. Um, and then yesterday I had one of those days where I just wasn't sure what I was going to make for dinner. And at four o'clock, I decided to pull the pizza dough out of the freezer. And within an hour, it was defrosted because I'd frozen it flat rather than in the bowl. Ah. Um, and it's just, it's, you know, it's just little tips like that will give yes. you more flexibility that you don't have to decide the night before to take the pizza dough out. Actually, you can decide at four o'clock to take the pizza dough out and it's defrosted an hour later. Yes. Um, so things like that, I freeze a lot of stuff flat. The same with, um, you know, if you say if you make a spaghetti bolognese, uh, you can freeze it in a container. But if you freeze it in a large freezer bag, again, flat, it will defrost super quick. Um, so yeah, just just little hacks things like, like that. that. Yes, be. yes, and they're brilliant. They're brilliant, and they're all in this book. Just before we finish, I took um, a vigari a few weeks back and decided I was going to make lasagna from scratch. Mistake number one. My God mm-hmm. Almighty! From now, think about lasagna from scratch. Anyway, you have a lazy lasagna. Quickly, how yeah. do I do it? It's literally all in one pot. So you just need a you know, a really large saucepan or kind of a shallow casserole dish on the hob. And you, you literally just cook it up. So you cook up, you know, the onions and the carrots and the mince. Um, and then rather than layering that in a baking dish, you add in the lasagna. You just break up the lasagna sheet and you add that in and cook that in the meat mixture. And then on top, rather than making like a white sauce or a bechamel sauce in another saucepan, I get some creme fraiche and just dollop it on top, a little bit of cheese, and you've got a lazy lasagna. <laughs> Where were you a couple of weeks ago? See, I got this thing into my head. 
I normally do a roast for family on Sundays. Every Sunday says the lockdown nearly. And I thought this would be a change. Oh, mother of Holy St. Joseph. I said never again. Chicken the next week was back in the oven for sure. Anyway, I have it now. You're right. That is a real good uh, cheat there and a way to get round uh, and having a lovely lasagna as well. The book is called We Are Hungry. Batch cooking your family will love. It's by Kira Atwell. It's available everywhere, isn't it, at the moment? You're flying along with it. It is, yeah. And listen, well done to you. It's great. And I remind people again, Fussy Eaters, check out this woman. She's simply brilliant. Good luck with the book. Thank you. I'll be trying that lasagna next week. Thanks, Kira. Thanks so much. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Kira Atwell there, originally from Kilkenny, living in the UK. Has a massive following over there on Instagram and social media. And I'm not surprised. Fussy eaters, wouldn't they just drive you ballistic? Now, before I head to the break, just want to tell you this, because this is important. I was talking about the smoking in the car, and I've just got a clarification. This is the law in Ireland. Here it is. Under the protection of children's health, tobacco smoke in mechanically propelled vehicles, Act 2014. God, that's a big title, isn't it? Anyway, it says that the smoking by a person of a tobacco product in a mechanically propelled vehicle in a public place and in which a child is present is prohibited. A child is defined as a person under the age of 18. Failure to comply with the legislation is subject to a fixed charge notice. I believe that could be €100, Euro, but I stand to be corrected on that. I wonder how many people have actually been fined under that legislation. It is there, it is on the books, but like a lot of others, has it ever been put into effect and someone paid the price? I'd be interested if anyone knows anything about that. Let me know. Back in a moment on Late Lunch. Coming shortly on Late Lunch, Miriam Simon, retail and consumer strategist, will be with us in a wee while on the show and uh, my artist of the week. Who is it? Who is it? Born May 1988. She likes numbers, 1921, etc. Anyway, it's the Eagles first. Glenn Fry and the Eagles. Ah, it's brilliant, isn't it? All these years later. 1975. Grammy winner, that song, yeah? And number two in the USA. It just couldn't make the top spot, but it was at number two for a number of weeks. It's brilliant. It's a classic and uh, one you wouldn't normally hear with us on Late Lunch, but great to hear it this afternoon. My Artist of the Week, who is it? Her surname is Adkins. She's an MBE. She's not half the woman she used to be. Come on, you must know who I'm talking about. Yes, I've given you too much away there. If you know who it is, go on, send me a message. 086-1800-658. Are you clever clogs? Who is my artist of the week this Monday? Jerry, like uh, some other of your listeners are saying there, an adult isn't supposed to smoke when a child is in the car. That person you mentioned was only thinking of himself. That child was passive smoking. And if he did it on Friday when you saw him, how many other times has he done it? And what impact is that having on that child's health? Shocking. It's shocking. I have to say, I never smoked in my life. I don't know what it's like. Nothing. Never touched the bloody stuff ever, thank God. But, you know... To do unto others, to lock a car and smoke in it and children in the car, come on, cop yourselves on. It's proven beyond doubt how dangerous smoking is and damaging to health and passive smoking as well to children. I I remind you of the times, I said it before, isn't it great to be able to, well, I forget what it's like to go for a pint, but when we could... 
And, you know, the clean, clear atmosphere. And remember the days when it stank. And the poor people working behind the bars, night, noon and morning as well. What a relief it was. And Ireland led the way on that. We can lead the way on things. We were the first in Europe to do it and we did it brilliantly. Now, if only we could get the communication right about the COVID. We will be talking to Paul, Professor Paul Moyner tomorrow. But look, the other day, Friday, Leo says one thing, Michal says another and Mr Ryan from the Green says something else. Could we have one voice with a clear message to everybody? Politicians can spin. Oh boy, can they spin. And by the way, when I'm talking about them, a pay rise, shove it, shove it, shove your pay rise. There should be no pay rise for politicians. Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand showed the way. They took a cut, a major cut. They can't, please, come on, pay rises at this time. Should lead by example. Come on, people aren't PUP all over the place. Small money, struggling. And you get a rise. I know you've a... It's a tough job, politicians, at times, and politics. I know, it's a dirty job. It's not easy, but come on, show a bit of leadership and example. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. The uh, lady who's... Now, I'll tell you, she's a wonderful lady, Miriam Simon. She's an expert in retail and consumer strategy, and she's with me next. I've been saying it to you consistently. Please do remember our local businesses at this time. Those businesses who've supported us over the years when we went looking for help for a charity or a sports club or many other things... They put their hands in their pockets and they gave to us. We must give back now because these businesses are the cornerstones of our villages, towns and counties. Remember, they employ our family, friends and our neighbours as well. So make sure when you're shopping, think local. Businesses, some are open. Yes, support local. But others are open behind the scenes. They've all developed an online presence. Quite a lot of them have and you can order from them online. So don't think you have to go through Amazon or the big ones all the time. It's there on our doorstep and it's important that we all think local at this time. And I thank you for the support for our businesses. And that leads me nicely into my next guest. She is a retail and consumer trading strategist who's joined us on a number of times here on Late Lunch. And coming to the anniversary of the first lockdown, I thought it was important that we check in. Miriam Simon, welcome back to Late Lunch. Hi, lovely to talk to you. I can't believe it's nearly a year already. Wow. It is, Miriam. We are fast approaching uh, the year mark. Look, a year on, and we've spoken from time to time through the year, and you give a lot of sound advice, and you've been working with local businesses as well across the North East and beyond. How are they doing, Miriam? Do you know what? It's, it's, it's a really mixed bunch, but um, we've seen the best of people over this last year. And, um, uh, you know, it was, uh, you were talking there about supporting local and it's really important we do. But a lot of our local businesses have really, um, risen to the challenge and, and really, um, fast forwarded their, their own business development. They've, they've basically used the adversity to, to, sort of catapult themselves forward and to really focus on their business. And there's some brilliant examples um, uh, uh, across the, the, the area of, uh, of businesses that are actually doing really well, despite being behind closed doors. They are working really hard to keep, keep her lit, 
<laughs> that's the word. They're the words, Miriam. You have it. That's the colloquial. That's the dialect for sure. And that is what it's all about because they've pivoted. The doors may be shut, but as I was saying there, they're working away. They're online. They can meet customer uh, requests and requirements. That's very, very important to sell, to say. Now, look at, we hear about the big guys, the high street. Look at the collapse there's been there. For example, we've lost Debenhams. Just one to name here, but there are more as well. Is it apocalypse for the SMEs or, you know, the the regions like Loudmead here for the businesses there, the smaller ones? No, so, so, so there is a retail apocalypse happening at the moment, but it is the legacy retailers. It's the big boys that are, are going to take the brunt of this. And believe it or not, actually, the, the power is in the hands of the SME. For the first time in decades, the, the balance of power has shifted back to the SME because retail is, is now all about trust and about connection. Um, you know, we're talking about shopping local, you know, and, and, and we really do need to support our local businesses because really, as we, as we emerge out of this, we're really going to want to, to shop with businesses that we trust. And the, the, the whole balance of power has switched. So we are going to see more of those legacy retailers, you know, feeling the pinch. And I've, I've used the analogy before, Jerry, that, you know, um, as humans, if you have an underlying condition, you are, you know, in more danger with COVID. And the same is, it, the same applies to business. So if you were in business and you had 400 stores when you probably only needed 150 or you were holding a lot of debt, then, then you're in big trouble. You're more prone to, you know, suffering from COVID. And, and a lot of the carnage that we have been hearing about and seeing um, was probably going to happen. It probably was going to happen in a couple of years rather than in the last year. But a lot of it was, was on the cards anyway. So that's the, the, the most important thing to say here because, you know, there's some really big sort of seismic changes in the infrastructure of retail and, you know, we 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 we've, we've gone through this cycle at the end of the last century, and uh, my daughter was laughing at me this morning that I've lived in two centuries, which makes <laughs> me an antique to her. But in the last century, um, for those legacy boys, it was all about race for space and being in every single market they could and opening hundreds of stores, and and that's really biting them in the bum now, so to speak. Yeah. So. The power has switched to the SME retailer. And it isn't just about being digital. Now, I think you need to get digital, but it isn't just about being online. It's about actually connecting with the customers. And I can give you dozens of examples, you know, in, in Drogheda and on Dork and Navin and Carlingford of amazing businesses that are, are managing to keep our lit, that are, are, are being creative and staying nimble and really connecting because... The important thing to remember is that retail is a reflection of life. It isn't the other way around. So the businesses that are doing well are the businesses that are looking to serve, the businesses that are thinking about, right, people are at home, they're locked up. How can I make their lives better? What can I, what can I offer here that's going to make people feel less scared or less bored or less anxious or, you know, yes. what can I do to make life better for them? And, and we have a lot of local businesses that are doing a brilliant job of that. Mm. I want to just clarify, Miriam is talking about the late uh, 1900s, 1980s and 90s, just in in case you thought uh, herself and myself were living in the 1800s. So that's... Just to yeah, throw that in. <laughs> yeah, that was the last century because people are thinking, geez, what are they talking about there? That's when we're talking about the 80s and 90s. Now, you mentioned there a, a couple of things that you've uh, 
you've put together because you've sort of have a seven point plan just to refocus people again. Would you run through quickly the main points of your advice to businesses where they need to be on the money to keep early? Well, very, very simply, uh, in, in really basic terms, things that you can be doing now from behind closed doors to keep trade coming. Number one is make sure that your business as usual messaging is clear. So so what I mean by that, because that sounds really jargony, what I mean by that is on your social media, having a message that's going out on a regular basis that's saying to your customers, we're here, we're here, you can still contact mm-hmm. us, you can get us this way, this way, or this way. And then also in your store, does your store look like you've gone out of business? Or does your store have a message in the window, a large message in the window that's saying to people, we're still here, if you need us, you can contact us this way, this way, or this way. Yes. So it's about, you know, um, I'm seeing um, some shop windows where there's a little sign that looks like planning permission, like it's hiding somewhere in a corner. You should make sure where possible that your business is, you know, although you may be closed, Actually, lots of people are probably walking past your doors. So, you know, are the windows still dressed? Are the lights still coming on? You know, is the place still looking clean and like yes. you're still available? And have you got really clear signage and messaging? And, and don't think that because you put a message out on the week after Christmas to tell people the word how to contact you, that everybody in the world would have seen that. Mm. So that, that message on your social media, for example, needs to be regular. Yes. It needs to be regular to say, look, we're still here. And if you need us, you know, do get in touch. So that's the first thing. And can I say and something? You've, you've, you've actually rung a bell with me. I've seen a number of businesses with that little sign in the bottom corner of the window. And you would think it might be a planning sign or something. Blow it up. Put it up in the middle of the window that everybody can see it. big poster. Yes. yes. If, if somebody is walking past across the road, they should be able to see that sign. And it should, it should, it should have warmth in it. Yes, know? and that's so, really so, important. It really is. Go on, go ahead there. Sorry, I stopped and, you. And then it's about using the opportunity while you are, you know, while you are. Retail uh, is a hard gig. Uh, anybody that is in retail is a hard worker, and and we've got this like um, enforced pause. So use this pause to upskill. Use this pause to to connect with your customers and really connect with your customers. Mm. Um, and and then adapt your offer to the evolving situation. Yes. And I've seen loads of examples of that. So, for example, uh, I'm going I'm going to try and name some local as many local businesses during this interview as I can. So, um, Village Vision Hair and Beauty in Meath, YGH Hair and Beauty in uh, Drogheda and Stamullen and Dalek. Both those businesses doing a really good job of helping with gifting, helping with hair care. And hair salons are properly closed, but these guys have pivoted. They're doing retail, they're doing gifting, and they're doing it to a very, very high standard. Um, five good things. Um, new cafe in Highlands Gallery in Drogheda. God love them. They signed the lease just as the pandemic struck. So those guys, you know, you, you, other than taking getting a takeaway coffee, there's not a lot you can do there. But again, these guys have been really, really nimble. They've pivoted. They're doing date night boxes. You can get brunch boxes. They're doing things that will help people in the area have a better life. So we're all sick. You know, we're all in Groundhog Day. We're all sick of our own food. We all need something to break the monotony of what we're doing. So there are lots of local businesses that are able to do that. Stockwell's. Stockwells um, are doing fantastic grazing boxes, for example. You've got the Bear Food Cafe, while we're talking about hospitality, who are cooking really good, healthy, home, uh, home-cooked, home healthy family dinners that you can pre-order. You've got Kevin, Kevin McAllister. I always have to give Kevin a nod. Kevin McAllister, uh, you know, I met Kevin for the first time in March last year. 
And I remember talking to him and him saying, I, I was giving him a bit of, you need to do this, 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 this and this. And he was like, there is no way I'm going to do all of that. He's done all of that and beyond. Not only has he launched a website, not only is he very consistent on social media, He's on TikTok as well. <laughs> he's, he's down with the kids. He's I have to TikTok. check that out. I have you to have check to Kevin McAllister on TikTok. That's good. That's that's Kevin one to be seen. Is on TikTok. So so like it's about yes, with and, and, and that's and what you're, you're you're saying there. It's an evolving situation, and they're evolving with this. But let's let's run through them because time will beat us. Ramping oh, up yes. your ramping up your social media goes without saying. That goes without saying. But actually, on social media, use video because video is very, very right. powerful. So if you're trading and you want to take money, use video. And, uh, you know, Wilkinson's Jewelers in Navam do that really effectively. So do Elmay Boutique and Lush and Carlingford. Um, there are lots of businesses doing this very, very effectively. Use video as much as possible. Use live video um, also. Live video, uh, customers really love yeah. live video. So if you want to take money, do that. And just really remember that, okay, the doors are closed. This is not an ideal situation, but you're still able. This is about being nimble. And you have the thing that those big legacy retailers don't have. You are more connected with your customer and you're far, far more agile. So you can you can try things. Use this as, a, as an opportunity to experiment because most of the things that I'm talking about don't cost money for you to do. Yes, yes. And of course, finally, you say recalibrate so that at the end of the pandemic, you're in a stronger market position because you will have developed all this new aspect to what you are. Plus, you will be reopening the doors. Can I ask you about this? Are you hopeful the government will make a major statement tomorrow about the way forward? And it's been dampened down. We know already to dampen our expectations. Click and collect. Could it be possible? Can I'm it be really possible? Hoping, I'm really hoping we get click and collect. I'm really hoping that we get click and collect. That's that's what, uh, because I think that will make a massive dis- a difference to retailers. Another thing, um, I, I have some family in the UK and they were talking about something that's working very well in the UK is rapid uh, PCR tests. So um, in the UK, you can uh, free of charge, get a rapid PCR test and have the results within 20 minutes. And that is enabling people to go to work. So that might be, if we are going... It, it's sounding like we're going to be waiting a while for vaccines and the vaccine rollout isn't going to be as instant as we would have loved. So I would love to see some sort of programme to give us rapid antigen testing so that we can do some business okay. while we're waiting for... Yes, for, um, yes. Uh, I hear what but you're I saying. Love, yep. I would love click and collect as well. Okay. Click and collect would really help And next week, you are part of Enterprise Week. We're going to be talking about it on the show here tomorrow afternoon, but you are, of course, uh, a part of this. It's an important week every year, and it was the last event last year before everything uh, shut down. So that, that's a big week, an important week. It is. Um, I'm, I'm doing a workshop uh, as part of it. There's some, there's some brilliant uh, workshops happening as part of Enterprise Week um, and lots of really good skill, um, you know, really good um, upskill sessions. So it's really worth everybody having a look at uh, the brochure. And to my knowledge, I think virtually all of it is absolutely free. I'm doing a session for retail businesses and hospitality businesses called Retailing in a Pandemic. Um, which is really about helping to keep her lips, so to speak. And, and uh, there's lots of top tips on how to get cash flowing in your business while we're in the situation that we're in. Wonderful. And we'll hear more about that on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. We'll be giving you a shout out then. But for the moment, uh, we will talk again, I'm sure. Miriam Simon, retail and consumer trading strategist. Keep doing what you're doing brilliantly. Thank you for joining me. 
Thank you. Take care. Take care of yourself. Wonderful lady she really is. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon, the first Monday of the last week of the month. When you think about it, February's nearly gone already. Stay with us because I'll tell you who the artist of the week is in a moment and what else is coming up on the show before we shut the shop at 3.30. That's what happens, says a listener, when people go out and vote for people who are, well, these people, you know, they perform in a circus. That's what they're saying there. People should think twice about voting for any of them again. Well, should we have to vote whoever you are? And, you know, the names on the ballot paper are the only ones you can vote for. I suppose uh, people will say, well, people with better ability and more going for them and a bit of business acumen should go into politics. I think that's why many of them stay away from it, to be honest with you. They couldn't take it. It's so difficult. Anyway, I mentioned earlier on about the poor communication that politicians and leaders, they have all these spin doctors, but they don't communicate well. And our Eamon, who's with me today, it set him thinking. Have a listen to this. I stepped out. I stepped in again. I stepped in. I stepped out. I stepped out. Buffy and a fall. And Fine Gael. And the Labour Party. And the Greens. And Sinn Féin. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done, Eamon. <laughs> yeah, do you remember the parody on that? Yes. And it was all the political parties as well included. So we've been fair to everyone. Independence, uh, Democratic Left. I think they're gone now at this stage. You know, all the Social Democrats and everybody else that's in there as well. All come on there. They're heading there with Lanigan's ball on late lunch this afternoon. Now, my artist of the week. Yes, yes, you have it, you have it. It is Adele. Adele is my artist of the week this week. And I'll be uh, beginning her life story on late lunch. Well, my little synopsis of their life stories here on the show this afternoon. And a lovely song to begin the week for you. I think we have a snood, haven't we? Yeah, we'll have a snood. Yeah, there's several people in there with Adele as the answer. Uh, Tommy from Italy. I don't know who you are, but he signs himself Tommy from Italy. Uh, He's probably... Are you from Italy, Tommy, or who are you? Anyway, Tommy, we'll be sending you out a snood. I have your details here. Thanks for for, uh, picking out uh, the artist of the week this afternoon, who is Adele. Did you see the pictures? Did you hear the news about it? I was just looking at it there again. I have the TV here. I'm watching the rolling news before me here in the studio. Did you see the Boeing? The Boeing 777 jet? Well, Boeing are not having a good run of it at all, are they? The 737 MAX, it's back in service, but two devastating crashes. And it didn't fly for a long, long time. It's got the go-ahead again. But now the 777, uh, Denver to Honolulu flight in the States, one of the engines fell off. Well, not the whole engine, all the casing from the engine, and landed in a garden of a house. Fella came out and had a look and said, holy God almighty, there's an engine of an aircraft in me front garden. Now, I, I shouldn't be laughing at it. Somebody could have been, many people could have been killed on the ground, but thankfully nobody was injured on the ground and the plane got back safely to the airport with all those passengers on board and uh, thank God we're not reporting another airline disaster. But today, Boeing have withdrawn all 777s from flight. They're all gone, every single one of them, uh, until they're all checked thoroughly uh, before they can fly again. God, 737 Max, 777s now. Anyway, we won't be flying for the rest of the year. Yeah, the news yourself. Be prepared for it. I thought I'd get away myself maybe later in the year, but not looking like it at this stage. But we eagerly await uh, this roadmap tomorrow and communicated, as I said, 
clearly and concisely so as we know where we're going. Thank you indeed. I've got a number of pictures in of daffodils in bloom. I, I, I have one, one little fella peeping up me on gang, but there's a load on the way. They're a little bit later. Have you daffodils in bloom? Have you many daffodils? We did it with the snowdrop. Show WhatsApp me the picture of you. Have your daffodils. Be proud of your daffodils. Go out and take the snap in the garden today and send it in to me. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp number. Come on, let's see your daffs if they're in bloom at the minute. If they're not, you can wait a while and take them when they are in bloom. But there's nothing like the daffodil, the yellow on a day like today to bring that spring-like feeling to you. Is there the warmth of the sun? Ah, the beautiful day that it is and daffodils. Oh, daffodils, we weep to see you waste away so soon when yet the early morning sun has not attained its noon. Stay, stay until... And I don't remember the rest of it, but I remember doing that little poem at school. And by the way, when I'm mentioning poetry, I want to tell you, I'm really excited about Thursday on Late Lunch because Thursday is Ireland Reads Day. It's dedicated to reading in this little country of ours. It has been designated Ireland Reads Day. And guess what? Here in Late Lunch, we're going to dedicate the show to reading and books and everything associated with it. And we have a great lineup for you on Thursday on the show. And I'll tell you, be thinking about it already. I'll be asking you to name your favourite book of all time on Thursday. So I'm giving you a little bit of homework there to work away with it. And there could be something in the can for you as well. There will be something for you, I promise you. Anyway, we're heading to our news, weather and sport. And afterwards, it's my Artist of the Week. Well, you know something? I'm just delighted with a WhatsApp message I've received. It says, hi, Jerry. Yes, I live in a small village, 56 kilometres north of Rome. This is Tommy from Italy. Who, who was in touch with me a little while ago and told me that Adele was my artist of the week. Um, I'm originally from Dundalk. I'm living here 20 years. Thanks so much for the mention. I listen regularly, regularly to the station. Well, there's a snood on its way to Italy to you, Tommy. There is indeed. And look, we may give you a shout someday for a chat on the show to have a bit of a chat about you and where you are and where you're from in Dundalk. If you wouldn't mind, I'd love to have an old conversation with you. Thank you for tuning in to us on LMFM Radio. Of course, your home station here. Thank you for the pics of the daft. You're very good. You really are. Eamon in Trim, Valerie in Drogheda, Shrewsbury Men are getting in there as well. If your dafts are in bloom, WhatsApp me a little little snap. You can do it now or tomorrow, whenever you like. Love to see the daffodils. I really do. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp number. Now, she is my artist of the week, Adele. She was born on the 5th of May, 1988, and her talent was recognised early, signing her first recording deal at 18 and releasing her first album at 19, succinctly called 19, in 2008. That was her first album. The following year, she won two Grammys for Best New Artist and Best Female Pop Vocal. Oh, she was on her way, wasn't she? Her second album, 21 it was called, followed in 2011 and was even more successful than our first, winning six Grammys, a record-equaling achievement. 21, I'd say many people at home today have that album, 21. It came be, the became, listen to this, the best-selling album so far in this century, the 21st century, to date selling, listen, 31 million plus copies. Not bad for a London girl who was reared by her mum with bundles of talent honed at the Brit School of Performing Arts in Croydon. Returning to that album 21, which consists of 11 tracks, I really could play any one of those tracks and you'd recognise them all, I'm sure. But I decided, with the weather anticipated for the coming days, this one is the most appropriate. You'll want to do it tonight and tomorrow, I promise you. Adele, 
My artist of the week this week. I did mention in giving the clues for her that she's not half the woman she used to be. My God. You've seen her lately, the transformation in her. Incredible. I don't know whether it suits her, to be honest with you, entirely. Having lost so much weight. But there you go. We wish her the best. And we'll continue our story and listen to our wonderful songs right through this week here on Your Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Now, we're heading to our final break of the afternoon. But stay with us because we're... Making a call to the other side of the world. He's originally from North Loud, played with Cooley Kickhams. He's lived in Perth for the last 10 years and we're going to have a chat in a few moments. Cormac Waters coming up next. Now we're heading to Australia to uh, conclude late lunch this afternoon and we're going to uh, chat to a man who's originally from North Loud. He donned the green and gold of Cooley Kickhams in his day and I mentioned, of course, that he's been living in Perth for the last 10 years with his wife, Cormac Waters. Hello. Gary, how are you? I'm really good. It's great to catch you this afternoon. And they're probably wondering why, randomly, I'm ringing you in Perth in Australia. But you see, you went to a Super 15 match involving Western Force and you met a coolie man. I did indeed. I bumped into him and surprisingly it wasn't in a pub yet. So we went to cheer him on. It was his uh, debut for the rugby union team out here in Perth, uh, the Western Force. So... We thought we'd, we'd go and cheer on a local crazy man and also cheer on a man that's doing well uh, down under. So, yeah, it was a good, good night. And I chatted to him here on this show before Christmas when his autobiography appeared. I had a wonderful conversation with him. Of course, we're talking about the wonderful Rob Carney. How did he do in the game? Come on, um, bird's eye view. You saw him in action. How did he get on? <laughs> Ah, oh, look, he's done well. It's uh, the middle of summer over here, so it's 11 o'clock at night now, and it's still 27 degrees, so he was a bit parched, I think, 10 or 15 minutes into the game. I see him having a good slug of water, but no, he's done quite well. Um, put under a bit of pressure, I think, under the high balls, but he's always done well under that. So, yeah, he had a, a good a good debut all in all. Well, Jesus, you've just rubbed it into us all here. 27 degrees. <laughs> I'm going to... Just fall off the chair. What do we give for anything like that? The minute we've come through a very cold <laughs> spell and, jeez, oh, we're going to be washed over the next 48. But there you go. Good luck to you. It is, it is lovely weather. So when you met him, what, what, you know, what was the reaction? Did you go up to him and just introduce and was it all, you know, oh, God, uh, chatting about back home? No, look, it was, um, they were nice enough, the players, after the game to uh, go around and chat and, uh, with the fans, I suppose. Look, there is still <coughs> social distancing and uh, COVID measures in place, so they couldn't get too close. But um, yeah, they come over and, and just introduce themselves and said hello to the fans and thank them, you know, for coming out. So I was lucky enough that he just come over our way to where we were seated, and I just obviously had a conversation saying that I was an ample coolie and uh, similar to, to himself, you know, played on the minor team there with his younger brother David that uh, won a, a live minor championship. So. I uh, just had a bit of a chat with him and, yeah, he was obviously very nice and come over and give us our time. But, you know, it's it's different times over here as well, I suppose. You know, it was a reduced capacity, um, but we're still very lucky to be able to attend these events because uh, it's not like that else around the world, you know. Well, you rubbed us about the temperature. It's now my turn. Did you reminisce about the last time Cooley won Joe Ward? Well, funnily enough, I was I was actually going to ask him if he finished up over here, if he... Go back and I'll go back for the for Cooley as well. Maybe to get the Joe Ward back to the peninsula. But uh, 
I never got round to asking them that. When was it? What year? Early 90s. Was it the last time they won? Seriously? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's uh, a good 19, few years ago. Yeah, mm. Over 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. But it will come again. Look, we all know sport goes in cycles. That's the nature <laughs> of the game. And you know something? It's the cycle of sport, the up and down. You know, that's what I love about sport. It's not, you know, the one yeah. being at the top all the time. Jesus, that had just bored the pants off you. It will, it will, it will come again. Tell us about you. What took you out to Perth? Uh, well, look, um, it's, yeah, it scared me there when I started thinking about how long it's been. We're in our 10th year now, um, myself and my now wife, Kate. Uh, we've travelled out. Her brother, John, was out here. And we said, look, um, we finished college and uh, we said we'll go and travel around Australia for a year. And we said we'd start in Perth. And obviously, as soon as we, we settled, we looked about staying. We, we love it out here. And, you know, I've had two younger brothers, Oshin and Olsen, that have followed me out as well as uh, my first cousin, Cleanus, so she's out here now at the minute. So, look, it wasn't really a plan to stay here, uh, but we've settled out here, and, you know, you, you just meet, meet friends, and we're involved with the uh, Gaelic couple out here. There's seven or eight teams here in Perth, uh, so we're involved with Southern District out here at the minute. So uh, the season's just about to kick off, so I'm dreading it now at the minute to be on staying in the heat. But, uh, look, it's, um, it's one of those things that we've just looked about settling, and we're lucky enough to get residency now, and... You know, given what's going on at the minute, we, we, we did used to get home maybe every year and a half to two years. You know, we got married there in 2019. So, um, unfortunately, given the times we're in now, and um, we just uh, obviously are, are right here now, but we know we're, we're, we're in a privileged position out here to still be able to be out and about and to be still meeting people because I know at home, and I think we have, the, we're able to remember because, you know, we're talking to our friends and family at home and, we know that they have it tough, so although we still are under restrictions out here, it just isn't isn't as bad as what guys are feeling, you know, mm. elsewhere, especially at home there, you know. So, mm. you know, we settled well and we're enjoying it, and, you know, you never really do get fully used to the heat, you know. You need an air conditioner beside you, but it's just one of those things, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that swap uh, with you on, on many, on many aspects of life at the moment. Uh, but you know, uh, when you when you look at what we are in here, and and you you have some restrictions, as you say, but overall, Australia's handled this well. Yeah, they have. Look, we've got a. It, it tends to vary from state to state. So, WA, where we are here in Perth, look, it's uh, they've run very, very well, and. Um, We've got a prime minister that looks after the country nationally, but they also have a premier that looks after the state. So they don't kind of mess around, really. Their, their border restrictions are quite restrictive, you know, for anyone that has travelled to Australia in normal times, never mind what, what's happening with COVID. So they don't really mess around. They close the border straight away. And, you know, and even Australian residents coming back in had the quarantine for two weeks. There's still hotel quarantine in place now. And, you know, they, we still have restrictions in place, as you said. You know, there's reduced capacities and venues for socialising and going to the pub for a drink. But, um, you know, we do realise we are in a lucky position. And even in WA, you know, over East and Sydney and Victoria, they still have, are going through it a bit as well. But, you know, it's the community spread that they say we are lucky enough that it just hasn't got, you know, luckily hasn't got in here yet. Um, I sometimes think we have a a Prime Minister and a Premier here in Ireland called Martin and Varadkar, but they don't know 
who is what or which is which. But that's for another day. That's just for a debate down the road. Just something crossed my mind there when you were saying it. But look, you're, you're settled. You're settled out there. You're happy with life out there, and, and life will be there for for good now. That's where you see your life. You put down the roots. You do get home, and please God, you will again when the restrictions are, are lifted. Yeah. But life is good. Yeah, look, uh, you'll probably get me in trouble here now if you say I'm going to be settling out here. I don't think my mother would be too happy. But look, we're happy out here for the minute. And, um, you know, it's it's good to be able to have yeah. two younger brothers and the first cousin out here. And Kate, you know, we originally, as I said, come out to her brother. But, you know, it's, we, we, we're, we're well and truly settled out here. But you never know what's around the corner. But, you know, I, when Irish were, our roots were always there. And it was even like going to the game on the weekends. You know, we, we just wanted to cheer on. Another Irishman down yes. well down under, so mm. you know you never say never by going home. But, I know, um, you know, for us for the minute. I know, and is it lovely that connection when somebody like uh, Rob arrives? That little connection with home it means so important, I'm sure to you when you're out there. What's your mammy's name? Uh, Regina, yeah, my mother Regina and Ricky's. I'm sure they're tuning in with us. Ah, we uh, say uh, hello to them this uh, afternoon. Yes, <laughs> I wanted to and say he'll be home sometime, Mammy. He will. He heard him there. I, I put him in a bit of a spot, but he but he will be home at some <laughs> stage. I promise you. Anyway, listen, it's lovely to catch up with you today. I wish you well and may no. continue may may no life problem. continue to improve in Australia and please God it will with time here at home as well. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, 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 Jerry. I'd just like to take the opportunity just to. Say hello to, I suppose, all of our friends and families that are at home. Uh, you know, the extended family, Kate, here in the year to make sure I mention Olive and Damien and we're thinking of them all and hopefully we'll get home to see everyone soon and, yes, yeah, stay safe. And also just a special mention to me, me Auntie Gertie um, as well. So just a, a hello to her as well. Indeed. And uh, I say hello to them all as well this afternoon. Uh, sleep to sleep well. It's 11 o'clock. Get your eyes shut there quickly. Take care of yourself, Cormac. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for getting in touch. Not at all. Take care. Thanks for taking our call. Isn't he great? Cormac Waters there, originally from Cooley, about his new life in Australia. That's a lot on late lunch this afternoon. When I just check my notes, I do know who's coming up tomorrow. Yes, Paul Moyne is with us on the show, as usual. Hypnobirthing, we're going to hear all about that as well. Enterprise Week ahead and lots more besides. Eddie's coming next with The Drive and I'm going to leave you in the company today. Oh, this is a lovely song. When I see, when I put my winkers on. Hold on, hold on. I know it's a lovely song. Uh, It's Sigala and James Arthur combining Lasting Lover is the name of the song and uh, be in love with everyone you can and love everybody. That's the message we leave you with on Late Lunch today. See you tomorrow. Have one. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.